time. Welcome into a wild card weekend edition of the Lockdown Corner. I am your host, as always, Big Al Brault. Alex on with me today. We have Dustin Burgundy, 51, ready to come at you. Thank God the Packers basically won this week. Right? That's what the bye week's for. Uh, I'm not going to lie to y'all. The Lockdown Corner took a bit of an L this week, uh, as you notice. It's just me and Dustin again. Uh, Alec, our th- the uh, third leg of this tripod, dropped out. He's going to occasionally show up, but as of right now, it's just going to be Dustin and I going forward. Uh, he's got a wedding and three jobs, so obviously this is not our full-time gig as much as we love to do it. So for that reason, is why we pushed everything back, a lot of moving parts. But we have a lot of good stuff going on, too. So, Dustin, before I take over with all of the stuff I've been working on this week, tell the people what you have been working on and what you just released on YouTube. So, yeah, I just started my own YouTube channel called The Fanalytics Show. Guys, check it out. It's all about analytics, you know, about certain players. I at least released my first video on Justin Fields. I know Al watched it. Fun Heck video. Yeah. Uh, I have my first critic, yeah. too. That was very interesting. That was very interesting having the first critic, first video. But, uh, yeah, it's all about, like, fancy football, analytics, breaking down players, especially people who don't understand, you know, the mechanics, schemes of the game. Really try to break it down for everyone, just a simple understanding of it. Yeah, and I got to tell you, look, let's be honest. I don't know what I'm watching on Sundays. A lot of the stuff, it's so intricate, and there's so many moving parts. It's hard for someone like me who loves football but just doesn't quite understand the details. I got to tell you, I did learn a lot from watching this. Some people in the comment section did not, but hey, to each his own. But if you want to learn about specifics and what, I mean, this literally, the guy sitting next to me is a collegiate offensive lineman. He breaks down film weekly, especially during the season. So he's knowledgeable. He knows what he's doing. So I know you're being humble, but no, it's one of the better shows breaking down people in football. You will learn a lot. And obviously, you know, it's going to have the same flavor as what you get here on the Lockdown Corner. So my turn to be uh, self-absorbed for a second. Uh, Quick promotion. Check out our YouTube page. We just put up a Green Bay Packers playoff hype video. Want to give a shout out to all of you that have watched and shared it on Facebook. It's all with we're less than 24 hours in and for our little tiny Lockdown Corner universe, it already has up over 200 views. So thank you for the support there. Keep sharing it, keep liking it, and obviously go pack go. Hopefully this is the year and not one of those years where we get to a step and then get knocked off again. Uh, the other exciting thing I got going on, the gambling show. If you watched this morning, thank you. But uh, if you didn't, we got a lot of stuff going on there, especially with playoffs. And I'm just going to play the intro. It's a minute long. It's a little long. But I worked real hard on it. And this is – I can't promote it any better than this video – it's dumb, it's quirky, but, but hey, so far, if you've listened to us, you've made some money. So here is the worldwide, I guess, debut, because I was going to debut it here, but then the gambling show was first today. doesn't matter. Here is the global debut of the Lockdown Corner intro show. Check it out. Big 
So if that is any indication of what you can find on my channel. <laughs> so please check that out. We are rocking and rolling, ready for the playoffs. And let me tell you, I got some doozies this week. I'm hoping to make some money in real life and also obviously do well on the gambling show. But enough of the stuff in the past. We are looking to today. What's going on today? And today, ho, oh, Alec may be gone, but we brought a ringer. We are bringing in Drew from the Jordan and Drew Show. Welcome to the stream, Drew. Hey, well, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys letting me come on your show. It's going to be fun. That was an excellent, excellent <laughs> intro video. I was impressed. I was laughing. That was some good stuff. I mean, I otherwise it's boring. I Yeah. Plus, i not going to lie. I probably shouldn't say this on air, but I stole that music from Colin Coward old show on ESPN from like a decade ago, but he's not using it. He's not at ESPN anymore, so it's fine. But I'm telling. So that's all I'm telling. No, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I ain't scared. Actually, I'm terrified. He just started his own podcast network. But anywho, let's get into the news and notes. We got a lot of them this week. Let's roll the imaging. News and notes from the league. All right, let's start in Titletown. A lot of good news this week, and a lot of good news. Jair Alexander, off the COVID list, he's back in practicing. Zadarius Smith, activated from IR, he's back in practicing. And the shocker to all of Packer Nation, Whitney Merciless is back. They thought he was done. He tore his bicep. They thought he was done for the year. He is back. So now you're looking at edge rushers of Preston Smith, Whitney Merciless, Rashawn Gary, and Darius Smith. Let's go, boys! I am excited. Thoughts and reactions to that news breaking over the last couple days? Yeah, what I thought right away when I, when you see these guys come back, especially guys like Alexander and Zedarius Smith, it's almost like a trade deadline acquisition that you paid nothing for, and it's not even like now we're, we're in the postseason, so look at it now. I mean, these are guys, Zedarius, you got for like a week. And then Jair, he played like half the year. You get him back now. You get both these guys back. You get two, you know, highly touted players, really great players to this defense. And now having them back, it's just like I said, it's certainly just like a trade. It's it's just like gaining some assets for absolutely nothing. So certainly helps this Packer team. Dustin, yeah, no, I'm right. Yeah, I'm right there with them. I think you know, like you said, it's just like gaining gaining somebody in trade de- trade deadline for nothing. Obviously, with this defense being spectacular for the past couple of weeks. But uh, my second thing is how did Whitney Merciless come back from that injury? I mean, literally tore his biceps and still came back. Like, that is impressive. I don't know about anyone knows about tearing biceps. I've never torn my bicep personally, but all I know is it hurts and it's a very hard injury to come back from it for him to come back in, like, six, seven weeks is ridiculous. Like, that is ridiculous. Props to him for going back, trying to make a do, trying to help this team. I mean – I, look, I don't know if he's going to give them anything. He didn't give them a ton when he played. He was fine. But just to have another tool in the toolbox is, I mean, look, 
This team is getting deeper. They are getting stronger at the right time. Now, is the chemistry going to be off? Because now Randall Cobb is also back in practicing. We didn't put that in the headline here in our note section. Uh, but I, I, as I was rambling, Randall Cobb's back too. Like They're getting a lot of guys back on both sides of the ball. The special team's probably still going to be an issue. But, I, I mean, they're getting guys back. And truthfully, and even the Detroit game, which we'll talk about in a little bit here, I think you just saw the depth. Yes, they lost, but whatever. You saw they have these chess pieces to play with, which, in fact, I'm going to just get to this now. I was going to wait till later, but we're here anyway. But there's a lot of teams in the playoffs that I don't want to see at all. So for you guys, Drew, I'll start with you as our one team in the NFC. Yeah, for me, it's it's a pretty easy one. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. I think their chances of upsetting Dallas are high. Dallas has really feasted on the NFC East. And, you know, if we see them come to a cold game in Lambeau, you know, guy that, that explosive rushing attack, and then you think of a guy like Debo Samuel who's really like a Swiss Army knife, let's say. I, I'm, I'm worried about the Packers' rush defense. again. We saw what they did to him two years ago, granted. That team then was a lot better than the team. Maybe not a lot better, but better than the team coming now. But I, I think their chances of upsetting Dallas are high. So we'll, we'll see. But that's certainly a team I am not looking forward to having to face if that happens. That was my answer. And for everything you just said, I don't – I mean, yes, they have pieces to deal with Debo. They don't have anyone to stick with him consistently. And we don't know what Jair is. They're going to run the ball, which is like our one weakness that we just – always seem to struggle with so it could easily you could tell me it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be a lot of Debo a lot of Eli Mitchell and then Garoppolo throws like what five times and they're all beat a Kittle and he'll all every single one will go for 25 plus because we struggle against elite tight ends I want nothing I am going to be the biggest Cowboys fan this weekend because then most likely we're going to end up with the Rams or Arizona which cool bring it on Stafford and Lambeau when it's cold and he's banged up, please. But Dustin, who scares you? Is it San Francisco as well? Uh, yes, obviously we never want to see San Francisco, but the one that scares me the most is Tampa Bay. Obviously, from seeing last year and seeing what happened in the NFC Championship game, I mean, again, especially against Tom Brady, that's the last team I want to see deep in these playoffs is seeing Tom Brady Obviously, seeing for how clutch he is and just who he is as a quarterback, you know, I do not want anything to do with the Buccaneers this season. Well, in I said previously on the gambling show this morning, um, Philly's really banged or not Philly, Tampa's really banged up right now. And I think as Brady ages, it scares me less. And the only reason is because all of his weapons are hurt. Fournette, I believe, is questionable as of right now. Godwin, he's gone. Brown, we all know the Antonio. Saga. Like, he just doesn't have the firepower that he did a month ago. So, and let's be honest, they almost lost to the freaking Jets. I mean, and truthfully, I, I'm i not putting real money on this because I do think Tampa wins tomorrow. But Philly can cover eight and a half. I, so, I am not scared of Tampa. If Philly can go into Tampa and keep it close, I'm not scared of Tampa one bit. Yeah, but, uh- a championship scenario is Tampa sorry, and Green Bay. Yeah, sorry. But, yeah, Tampa, Green Bay, that, that certainly could is a probable 
championship, NFC championship scenario at Lambeau. We saw it last year. Certainly a rematch is in the realm of possibilities. It wouldn't. It, you can convince me Tampa's going to get to the NFC Championship, and I'll just be just as scared as I was last year. But they they don't scare me. The only team that really, because look, and I said this this morning too, Dallas. Yeah, it's a little scary. But if Alexander's back, okay, now we got some horses to kind of deal with their three big wideouts. They don't run the ball, and it's funny because Mike McCarthy has been talking. Oh, we need to run the ball more. Buddy, you're in charge of play calling. You want to run the ball more, you call it in. Like, it's it's your thing. So Dallas, I think, has a lot. And Dak hasn't looked the same since he tweaked his calf a couple weeks ago. So the Dallas part of it scares me a little, but then also playoff McCarthy. Not even playoff McCarthy. Playoff this version, late in life McCarthy. He'll screw it up somehow. He always does. We dealt with that for how many years up here? Yeah. Um, oh, Dustin, go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say, yeah, McCarthy's going to be McCarthy. I mean, his whole career has been terrible play calling, terrible decision making, just him being McCarthy pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, talking Eagles, Bucks, that game itself, that's good. Certainly, I could see it being like a one scored game. You know, Miles Sanders, if we're talking, you talk some your gambling stuff. I, I think his line right now is like 42 and a half rushing yards. And a lot of people are. You know, even though that, that rushing defense that we see Tampa possess, you could certainly see going with him or even like we see Jalen Hurts run a lot in, you know, run a lot in that offense. We see him get a lot of QB scrambles and you know, even just some design run, <coughs> design runs for him. So we could certainly see, you know, both those guys and try, try to see them maybe run all over Tampa, which is something, you know, easier said than done. Oh, for sure. And that's the one thing. Uh, if Philly can run the ball, they'll keep it close. If Tampa's defense clutches up and stops a run, then I think Tampa can cover that for sure. Uh, but let us get into, since we're there anyway, let's talk more NFL things because the All-Pro teams were announced. The Packers have three on there. Rodgers, yep, check. No questions, no worries. Adams, we all expect him to be there anyway. Cool. Unanimous this year, which is a pretty cool thing. Devondre Campbell. Middle linebacker. They picked up off the scrap heap. He has been lights out all year. He's a all-pro first-teamer. That's pretty freaking cool. And they've been doing this all year with him, Rasul Douglas, who didn't make a team. But the fact that, for me anyway, he is now this symbolic thing of how this season has gone. Just plug and play, guys. And what do you know? They now have three all-pro guys. That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I think especially, you know, with that defense, getting a guy like Devondre Campbell, well, we saw that defense. I, I know the second half of the year has been tough, but a guy like him, he's been – he was a fundamental guy to that run-stopping defense that Green Bay was actually – they thrived at in the first, you know, few games of the year, first half of the year even. So picking up a guy like him, that was an absolute steal. You know, Brian Gutekunst, certainly executive of the year move right there, and I, I see a lot of those arguments made when you get a guy like him and Rasul Douglas – Certainly got to be in the conversation, if not the favorite to win that award. But certainly, well, a, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and you kept your very moody quarterback relatively happy. And he's back and playing. I think that was a pretty big accomplishment considering the bleep show that that was. Dustin, what say you on all the all-pro stuff? Yeah, I thought, you know, obviously for the three, the three packages we had on there, it was good choices, you know, especially seeing Devondre Campbell. I know a lot of people were surprised about but 
it was obviously a lot of people saying well-deserved, obviously, as he was, just being a crucial part of that defense, the leader of the defense, just kind of just making plays happen when you absolutely needed it. But, uh, you know, the one thing I will say about the All-Pro, I know we talked about this before the show, but uh, Trayvon Diggs, you know, I thought that was a little bit of a surprise. Obviously, with the amount of interceptions he had, it's hard to keep him off that list. But, I mean, he did give up over 1,000 yards receiving on him. I mean, that's a lot of yards. I mean, you got, you think of a guy like Russell Douglas, like, he gave, he got, you know, up there in the his interceptions in le- way less amount of gains and way less yards given up. So, I mean, that was just something I thought that was interesting. But I could see both arguments, you know, either way. Well, I think the thing about Douglas, too, if anything, just the narrative. I'm actually kind of surprised he didn't make it on here because, Dustin, you just alluded to it before the show. We were playing one of my favorite games. Are we sure Trayvon Diggs is good? Because he's a ball hawk. Like, he'll go pick a couple balls off. But are, are we sure he's good? That's the other thing about the Dallas matchup since we were just talking about that. I'm not super scared of Dallas because Adams is going to cook whoever's on him. Oh, well, we got Trayvon Diggs. Okay. Like, it may say all pro next to your name. In this case, typically, I you know, whatever, I stay out of it. But in this case, are we sure he's an all pro? Maybe second team, first team. Was it or were the corners this year just that crappy? Like, who else would you want to put in his spot? Is there someone I'm missing? JC Jackson of the New England Patriots, I think, was a guy who stood out for me. Uh, certainly a guy, you know, who, like, if we look, a guy who doesn't get like targeted a lot, which I mean, that's what you want out of a corner, really a centerpiece of that New England defense, which was a strong suit of that team, you know, having Mac Jones under center. So I, I went to JC Jackson right away. I think you could have swapped those two out easily. But that, that was just me. Oh, yeah. and I'm pulled up pro football focus. Sorry, Dustin. Uh, Ramsey's number one, which, okay, sure, he's always going to be up there. Chidobe Awuzi from Cincinnati. I Look, and obviously pro football focus doesn't tell the whole story, but he's ranked number two. I don't believe he's on either of these lists, which to me is a little surprising. And if anything – only because of the Cincinnati's Cincinnati's improvement. Like, Cincinnati's defense, I mean, yes, they're not, you know, the steel curtain or anything. They're pretty darn good. And to have a number two in pro football ranked corner, like, and I look, I don't watch a lot of Bengals games. I watched one, and let's be honest, it was against Green Bay, and that game was a total disaster from start to finish. It was weird. So, I didn't, look, I'm not saying I'm next for Bengals football, but A.J. Terrell, he's ranked three on here. He made it. It's sec- second team. I just I, – the Trayvon Diggs thing, he's there because his stats say he's decent. But if you – the old sniff test, it just it, – for me, anyway, it doesn't click. Is there is there anyone, as we're talking about – Yeah, so uh, – oh. oh, you're on a bit of a delay, or am I on a delay? I know the internet's a little wonky. So if you're watching at home, so sorry. Yeah, I Lots. think I don't know. We're all on a little delay here. <laughs> uh, and I don't. Know. It's, it's fine for me. I, I don't know. Oh well, then maybe Dustin and I are just the ones jacked up. Of course, because it's our show. The guest is fine. It's, yeah, one's running this thing. Jeez, Louise. So anyway, Dustin, what were you going to say? <laughs> so I just want to add on to what Drew said. I think you know you're spot on with that JC Jackson. I mean that dude is he, he's good. I mean he's a very underrated corner. It never gets thrown to him. I mean you think of like. You know, Darrell Reeves back in the day, you know, when he had those, like, down seasons when really it was just people not throwing the ball his way because they were just, he was an intercepted. So, I mean, literally, as you said, you know, 
the less the corner is thrown at, the better the corner is because that means they're scared to throw to this side. Like you look at Richard Sherman back when he was in the league. You know, they were scared to throw to this side. They literally wouldn't throw to his side because they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to pick it off. You know, so it's hard to judge a corner by, you know, how many interceptions he has and how many, you know, pretty much mainly just interceptions. Yards a little different case. Obviously, you're getting up yards and not getting thrown to you as much. That's probably not a great idea. But especially interceptions, it's a very skewed number. Like A.J. Terrell, like you said, you know, very underrated corner. I mean, I know I'm watching a bunch of Falcons, Falcons games, which is a little surprising, you know, because Falcons were very good this year. But A.J. Terrell, man, he was a lockdown corner. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't have – oh, I don't have a corner up there. I haven't figured out how to pull sounds. Come on. I – oh, you ruined it. I know, Well, I can play it. I just don't know if it would come through, and especially with my crappy internet, I'm scared to even press any buttons. Uh, but it's okay. So we talked all pro. We talked Packer stuff. Let's talk coaches for a minute. That's my really awkward transition because I really don't have one to get there. But Okay. So the coaches that were fired this week include the Giants, Joe Judge, Broncos, Vic Fangio, Fanny Pack Vic, as I call him, uh, Mike Zimmer for the Vikings, Matt Nagy for the Bears, which we all knew that about four months ago, Brian Flores of the Dolphins, which was the shocker, and David Culley of the Texans. Before we get into it, can I just say, David Culley, you, sir, you alone, won me a lot of money because your team played hard and covered a lot of spreads. So I just want to say, David Culley, there were reports by Schefter and Ian Rappaport that a lot of people knew that it was going to be a one-and-done thing, which I don't understand at all. If I'm a team, I would line up and maybe give that guy an interview because his team played hard, even though they were playing for nothing. And also they had Davis Mills come out of nowhere and legit be good. Like a lot of people are debating who was better this year, him or Mac. Mac Jones, that is. So I – Look, David Culley, Brian Flores is another one. And then there was that whole smear campaign about how, oh, he was mean to this guy and they were yelling on the sideline. It just, we didn't hear anything for three years. Now all of a sudden it comes out. Like it just seems like a very smear campaign thing. Nagy, we knew Zimmer, Fangio, Judge, I mean, whatever. Uh, so, Dustin, let's start with you this time. What were your reactions to any of these firings, if you had any at all? Um, I think I think like you said, the Brian Flores one was the most confusing. I didn't I didn't get why they let him go. Obviously, with kind of a up and down roster with the Dolphins, you know, to even keep them competitive, winning seasons, how many seasons in a row now? You know, it just I didn't understand letting him go. You know, you're having competitive seasons, you're right in the playoffs, like literally you're one key piece away from really making a push into the playoffs. I don't know why they would say, Yeah, we're done with you, we're moving on. I know it was all about like the Deshaun Watson, they had more plans with Tua, but like, get over it. Like, at the end of the day, you know, the, the GM's making the moves. Like, you you can choose to keep Tua or not. Like, that's your decision, not the coach's. The coach can put his input, but if you want to keep him, that's your decision. So that was what I was confused about. But then David Culley, too, like you said, just keeping them competitive with the roster they had, I thought was just pretty, pretty staggering. And just to let them go one and done, you know, it's like, but also with uh, with David Mills, is Tyrod Taylor <laughs> the leader for successors? Because every team he's on, he gets hurt, and then <laughs> the franchise quarterback comes in. Did you guys notice that the past, like, three, four teams that's happened to him? I feel bad for that guy. You're muted. You're right. 
My bad. Took a drink of water. Uh, no, truthfully, if Aaron Rodgers, yeah, this is how today's going. Look, I've done a lot of talking this morning. It's been a lot on the old podcast feed. Uh, honestly, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, I want Tyrod Taylor to be my quarterback for a year because that generally means that Jordan Love's going to be awesome. That's really how I think. And actually, speaking of the Tua stuff, we actually have a little bit of breaking news we have during a live show, so let's play the imaging for that. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story. Breaking news. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen right now! To Ian Rappaport, the Miami Dolphins are no longer interested in Deshaun Watson. They hope to bring in a head coach that believes that he can bring the best out of Tua Tungavailoa. So just an interesting segment for talking a little bit of Dolphins football. Uh, I mean, is Tua good? <laughs> That's kind of a loaded question. But, like, I see flashes and I get hopeful because I like the guy, and then it's just garbage. Is he good? Well, I I'm just looking there there's certainly better, you know, if you're you're a head coach looking for a spot right now and there's a lot of guys now out there. Uh there's certainly more attractive spots to land than Miami right now with I think I think I'd rather I think the Bears, I I'd even say the Bears and I'd say the Vikings. I think those two spots, I think those rosters are, you know, they're the next 5 years like a guy like Justin Fields I'd rather have over Tua. Yeah. But I I think, you know, Tua, is he, is he good is the question. I'll say I'll, right now, you know, he's okay. He's average. But um, maybe in the next few years we can kind of see him take that, like, step to, like, you know, a Jimmy G. So he's, like, decent. Maybe Jared Goff decent. And maybe he's right there right now. But I, I don't ever see him being great. Jared Goff decent? Well, I'm saying, you know, with the Rams. Oh, in like the how, world? Right, with, when he was with the Rams, you know, they went to Super, they went to Super Bowl with him. So I'm saying, the, like, he could play some kind of role. The 2018 like that. Jared Goff, yeah. Yeah, that, that's oh, – that one. That. So I guess, I mean, you kind of alluded to which is the best of these openings. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins, I guess if you're a defensive guy, that's kind of attractive. Uh, Houston, I want nothing to do with Houston. That is just an absolute dumpster fire top to bottom. No thank you. The Bears also seem like a bit of a dumpster fire. It seems like they world they're doing. They got a young quarterback, but Allen Robinson most likely is going to go. The Vikings is interesting, and I heard this earlier this week. Look, I don't know if there's any likes this or not. I heard Lane Kiffin for the Minnesota job was a possibility, which I mean, they got the weapons, so it kind of makes sense. All of his college offenses put up massive offensive numbers. Uh, the Broncos, look, it can't. we can't talk about the Broncos without all of the Aaron Rodgers stuff because now they're interviewing Luke Getze, the passing game coordinator. They're interviewing Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers' offensive coordinator. So there's going to be there's going to be some Aaron Rodgers smoke with Denver. I personally, if they – it can be attractive. They got weapons. They can run the ball. Their defense is always pretty solid. But we'll see. I – I'm not a giant believer in the Broncos because even when they won the Super Bowl, it was with a 20% of Peyton Manning. It was the corpse of Peyton Manning, really. And then the Giants, that's another one. I want nothing to do with the Giants. They have to blow everything up, literally keep like three guys and let everybody else go because they have no idea what they're doing at this point. Dustin, if you're a head coach, you're a football guy, you're a head coach, which one of these destinations is the one that you're like, yeah, I want to go there? 
Hmm. I, I know. It, it kind of depends what what side of the ball, like you know, you're focused on. Like, like you guys alluded to, like if you're a defensive side of the guy, like you're you're thinking Miami probably, you know, because they got a pretty good defense right now. You can build on a lot, and especially like if you can find a good OC to come in with the Dolphins. I'm sure they can make something work with Tua because they have weapons. They have sure. Waddle. They got Devontae Parker. Like they have some pretty decent weapons. And Gusecki too, who is very underrated. So, you know, they have weapons. It's just making that offense work, getting a running back, getting offensive line that can build you a run game. Because, I mean, the biggest problem is their run game. They have no run game. Because what they're trying to do is just win games in the air, and they're not running the ball, and they can't do it successfully. So then teams are like, okay, we're just going to stop you from the pass. So I think if you're a defensive guy, Miami, but offensive guy, yeah, I think the Bears is probably, like, a good spot to land. Like, I know I heard with the Bears, it's Nathaniel Hackett, like you said, with Denver – because uh, Nathaniel Hackett, very offensive guy, a very good coordinator for us. So, I mean, if he chooses to leave for the Bears, and I'm sure they're probably going to have a pretty good damn good offense next year. You know what's crazy? And I think a lot of people forget this. Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator for Blake Bortles! For freaking Blake Bortles! And now he's getting head coaching jobs. Like, what is happening? And I, look, you could, I, it, the whole thing is just mesmerizing to me because they have Blake Bortles. We're about a half away from going to the Super Bowl on the back of that really good defense. Now, all of a sudden, the offensive coordinator for that offense that sucked because he's standing next to Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers is getting head coaching jobs. It's crazy to me. I don't understand that at all. Well, and I guess I don't – we're not in the room. We don't know who's – I'm guessing it's LaFleur's offense. But, I mean, LaFleur's calling plays. LaFleur's doing a lot of it. So, I guess I don't really know what Nathaniel Hackett does. It's like that uh, was that office space. What is it that you say you do here? It's kind of how I feel about Nathaniel Hackett. But yet, if he goes to Denver, I'll be panicking for months on end that Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded to Denver. So, yeah, certainly oh, potential spot. Yeah, really potential spot for him. Uh, I, I see the Vikings too. They're they're actually doing interviews with Nathaniel Hackett as well. He seems really like a prized possession right now in the coaching market. A guy like him right now is a name you've heard a lot. Brian Flores, of course, the guy Dolphins yep. just fired, is certainly a guy. And even a guy like David Culley, you know, really, really a tough way to see him go after a year. And like like Dustin already mentioned, you know, what was he working with? Not much. So certainly a guy who I think deserves a second chance. But, you know, we, we might not see Matt Nagy step into a head coaching spot for at least next year, but I, I, I would be shocked. I'm just saying. Uh, maybe and as Joe Judge as well. I still am shocked with some of the decisions we saw the Giants make this year. You know, so yeah. Fucking oh. Joe Judge, can we just make fun of him for just like two seconds? Who was the player, or who were these players that were going up to him during games and wanted to be a giant? Oh, I want to play for you, coach. I'll take a pay cut. That was that was BS, right? There's no shot anyone wants to go play for either New York team right now. I don't. I don't understand. Wow, I stopped yeah, the audience. It's, uh, I, I don't I don't know who would sorry, uh I'm not gonna lie, it's a little little uh, little laggy with your audio, but I hear every other word, so I'm kinda going off of what I'm what I'm hearing every other word. But uh yeah, no, I, I don't know what who wants to play for any New York team right now. Like it's just bye Al. But uh hi Al. I'm back. Sorry, I'm gonna keep watching with this. You keep talking, I'm gonna listen to 
Okay, I'll take over for a second here. But, yeah, I don't know who wants to play for either New York team right now. It's just kind of a disaster there, especially like, like you guys said with the Giants. I mean, just their roster is just bad. It's just a bad roster. I mean, they have very few young stars and a lot of really mediocre, like, kind of like past their prime players. So I, I don't know what you think about that, Drew, but it's really not a good setting for either team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But, no, I, I just want to talk about, like, like we, I know we talked about the Bears, but, like, I, I think, you know, Brian Flores already com- completed an interview with the Bears. I think if he goes to the Bears, I think that team, they have they have some good pieces. They do. That defense, you know, Khalil Max will be coming back. Robert Quinn had one of the mo- one of the most impressive seasons this year for an edge rusher. Very quiet. You know, 18 and a half sacks, four forced fumbles. So I certainly think he's a guy, you know, on that defense, too. And they, they just have a great, great, like, front seven, I'd say. And then even, like, guy like Roquan Smith, you got to add him in there as well. But just looking, you know, you got Darnell Mooney, certainly a receiver I like for the future to come for the Bears. And, of course, you got Justin Fields, and then you got Tariq Cohen come back. They also still got a guy like David Montgomery. He was a solid running back in the league. Certainly a great running back, I'd say, even like with some of the games he's had this year. So, you know, that Bears, that Bears team, that, that spot opening right there is certainly one that I think is not getting enough love, you know, place to go. Yeah, you know, as as you said, definitely. Uh, just to some of the key pieces, like I agree with you with Darnell Moody. I think he's a very underrated young receiver in the league. Goes up and catches those, you know, contested balls. And then uh, another guy I've heard. I don't know if you guys heard this at all, but uh, Mike Singletary for the Bears coaching position. I've been hearing that alluded to a lot. I don't know if you guys remember Mike Singletary, old uh, Bears linebacker back when they won the Super Bowl. I think uh, he might be a Hall of Famer now. I'm not sure if he is anymore. I'm not sure if he is yet. But uh, I know he was in the running for it. Yeah, he. I know he was in the head coaching job. I know he's a fan favorite. Yeah, I'm looking through some of the other spots. Oh, Al, Matt. Oh, he's still he's, muted. You're still mutant, Al. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 you got it. I'm sorry. I must be double clicking this. Holy wow. <laughs> At least this morning went okay because this is off the rail. Okay, so I tried a couple things. So, okay, I think we're back. We good? Sorry. You guys can continue with your points. <laughs> just trying to make sure we're okay. Okay, sorry. You can Drew. go ahead, Drew. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just looking through some of the other spots. Texans right away interviewed Brian Flores. I, I, I mean, who wouldn't? He was certainly one, he's one of the top coaching guys right now to go go with. And then also the Bears, they set up a lot of, you know, Todd Bowles of the, the Bucks, their, their D coordinator, got an interview with the Vikings. And of course, they, yeah, like we mentioned, Nathaniel Hackett, and then Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, the off Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, 49ers D, D coordinator Demeco Ryan's, and then Ryan's or then Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. So there's Vikings already have set up a lot of interviews. The team at the most, I believe, right now. So mm-hmm. they're certainly wanting to fill that spot right away here. I have nothing to add because I was in the other room. So, yeah. I, look, the Vikings are – they got to get it right. If they want any shot at doing anything, they got pieces. They have legit pieces, legit weapons. So, if I'm the Vikings, yeah, line it up, get the best guy. The Bears, I listen to a lot of Chicago radio because I'm a Cub fan. Obviously, if you watch the show before, you know that. Look, they want someone who's going to lead the franchise. They don't want, you know, some guy to come in and work just with Justin Fields. They need some leadership because the top ain't doing it. In fact, their owner came out and said, well, I'm just a fan this past week. 
And let me tell you, Chicago Radio was livid. They cannot stand ownership. They want a leader. So if I'm the Bears, the Flores thing looks real good. Like, that's a gift from them. Look, we don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's, uh, as I said earlier, a little bit smear campaign is how it felt. But we know that that guy maxed out what he had in Miami. Yeah, they had a really good defense. The offense, look, we don't know what the ceiling is on them, but it wasn't very high to begin with. And they still won seven games in a row. Yes, okay, their opponents were bad except for the Ravens, and it was a Thursday night, and those games are always weird, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. But to win seven games in the NFL, that is a huge accomplishment. And really, if they beat, I think they lost to Atlanta and Jacksonville, they win either of those games, they're in the playoffs. So if I'm the Bears, I would look real hard at Brian Flores. Just my opinion. And truthfully, if they got Flores, I'd be like, oh, man, that that sucks for Packer fans. Not so much since we have Aaron Rodgers, it'll be fine. But down the road, if he ends up sticking, it's going to be tough. The other thing I noticed that I'm going to throw at you guys before we move on to – we probably should. We've been at this for 40 minutes already. What do you all make of the Flores thing? He got three years. That would be the new limit on coaches is three years. What is this just a pattern? Am I seeing things? Is three years kind of the new max in the NFL? You get three years, and if you don't figure it out by then, see you later. I I I don't know. I mean, we saw David Cully after one season, even. So I think certainly that's going to be an approach that some franchises are going to take in terms of you know if they think that they can compete. Uh, give them three years because, you know, that window closes quickly in the NFL. It really does. We saw I mean, every year we've seen, like, four different teams take playoff spots from, like, four new playoff teams kind of, like, get swapped in and swapped out every year. So it kind of just shows how the NFL is a gauntlet. So I think, you know, you give them the three-year window because the windows close fast in the NFL, not like baseball where your your contention window can last, you know, five five years maybe. And that, that's that's extremely long. Even in the NBA, you can lock these guys up long-term. Football's not like that. Longevity is just, you know, it's in the game of football, it's so physical. So I, I don't – I think that's why, because really just the, the window of contention is a lot shorter. 100%. Yeah, you know, I think I think I'll piggyback right off that quick. You know, that's maybe as a cliche answer this is, you know, it really depends, like you said, how competitive they are and, you know, what, you know, what the roster looks like at the time. Because obviously – you know, if they got an old style coach who, you know, just, you know, runs a good scheme, but can't fit the players, you know, obviously they're going to move on from that guy saying, oh, you know, you don't fit our roster. Like your scheme doesn't fit our roster. They're going to move on a little faster than they would a guy that says, hey, you fit our scheme really well. What we're trying to do that they're going to probably hold on to him a little longer to see if you can make it work. So, all right. <laughs> My internet's garbage. Let's just get into very quickly. Let's talk about the Lions game in this piece. What just happened? Time to roll back the tape. Here's this week's game rewind. All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. All right. So meeting this game against the Lions, we saw a lot of Jordan Love in that game. Look, I, I'm not taking anything away from this game at all. I I didn't really feel like I learned anything other than, hey, Josiah DeGuara might be something there. I, I mean, it was one play, but I, Tanyan does not have the speed to break away like he did. So, Josiah DeGuara, maybe there's something there. Other than that, I, I truthfully, I did not learn a lot from this game. 
it felt like they wanted to get in, get out, and I mean, I figured the Lions would win that game anyway, just because Green Bay historically has not played well in Detroit. And you saw it in the first half. That game was close in the first half. And then, obviously, we took everybody out. Jordan Love plays. And even then, we were still in that game. So, you know, our starters play. We probably win that game. It, it meant nothing, truthfully. The Jordan Love thing, I – look, we can talk about that if you guys want. Oh, he sucks. Oh, the, we don't know. We saw one game in Kansas City where he was in a hostile environment, and he literally didn't know he was starting until Thursday. Like, he had three days to try and prepare to go into Kansas City. Roethlisberger has a week, and he even said on Sunday that he doesn't think he's going to win. It's just these things take time, and then he played half against Detroit. Okay, we know nothing. So everybody on the Jordan Love hater wagon, calm down. We have no idea. It takes time. We didn't know Ryan Tannehill was anything until about year eight. Garoppolo, it took an, a Brady suspension for all of a sudden, oh, hey, there might be something here with this guy. And he goes to San Francisco and he's having success. It takes time. But, Dustin, let's start with you. Any takeaways from the game in Detroit? Yeah, so uh, I think, as you mentioned, you know, the whole Jordan Love thing, I'll, I'll just I'll quickly address that and I'll talk about kind of what I took in the game. It, like, he's played, you know, like you said, six quarters of football, six and a half, seven, what do you want to call it? Like, just, just pump the brakes. Like, it's okay. And even then, I didn't think he played horrible. I thought a couple of the balls he'd thrown, which should have been caught, like that one in the end zone with Sternberger. Maybe it was Sternberger. I don't remember the guy's name. Some third-string tight end. Okay, well, sorry. We, we've gone through so many white tight ends, I can't remember their names anymore, so I apologize. <laughs> we've gone through, like, seven. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we playing the ball should have been caught. And the, the one to Mario Rogers hit him right in the hands. It bounces the D-back, like, you know, some of these, what do you do? You know, and him, it's just like, it's frustrating because they're right there. Like, you know, they're right there. He's driving on the field. He's making decent decisions. But then, you know, his receivers make a mistake or like he makes one little mistake and it, it all blows up. You know, it's a young quarterback thing to do and just pump the brakes. But then uh, the one, the one other issue I had was, you know, if, if our second string or third string offense line is as bad as I like they, they show to be, Oh my God! We need to draft an offensive lineman now because that was horrendous. Like the Lions ran one stunt, so it was it was a loop stunt. So that means DN crashes down, hits the guard. DN swoops in for like a blitz kind of package thing. Our offensive line had no idea what to do. They're like, "Oh, what? They're like, what's going on? It's just huge hole." Jordan loves get hit. He throws a pick. It's just like, wow, guys, really, we're professionals. This is how we how we react to this kind of stuff. But yeah, besides that, I took nothing out of that game. What about you, Drew? So I was actually at that game in Detroit. We made a road trip last week with with the guys from my alma mater, Valders. So going to that game, that was wild first off. But uh, we got free TJ Hawkins and bobbleheads going into the game. And, Pretty you know, that's, that, that's like a stock right there is how I explained it. You know, that guy, all pro, basic, uh, young guy. I mean, th- sadly didn't play a lot or the last few games this year, but. Certainly, I saw the bobbleheads already going for like thirty-five right now on eBay. So just a flex wow. on that, but um, yeah, just look <laughs> he's, at- he's he's already got the eBay eBay pulled off. He's like getting pictures. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, but overall, game takeaway wise, you know, I Alex, you're right. I really can't really judge uh, how Jordan Love played by this. You know, we saw Aaron. The stat a lot of people mention, you know, Aaron Rodgers in his first two years. Very similar stats between him and Jordan Love, and that's 
that's just how it is. You know, it takes some time to adapt to the atmosphere of an NFL. You know, nothing like college. It really isn't. These these are you're playing against kids, you know, young adults in college, and now you're playing against grown men. So I think that's something just it has to be you know addressed. But you know, Amonra St. Brown from the Detroit Lions, they got a guy right there. You know, they have some weapons coming, and that's something that I, that we noticed. You know. Lions winning this game, they end up losing out on the number one overall pick. So, you, I mean, I know you play to win a football game, but losing out on it to beat the Packers, certainly, you know, questionable. But, you know, I, I really like Coach Dan Campbell. I, I think he's he is certainly one of the top upcoming coaches right now. He's he's a player's coach, and that's that's what you need uh, in a place like Detroit. So, looking at through that, and Jordan Love, I we subhanded the ball off a lot too. So. And, and and the yeah his touchdown pass was a tight end screen basically to Deguara so or whatever you want to call it so certainly you know not much to see there but hey I can't judge him yet and I certainly would do not want to yet so uh, those are my takeaways right there with you I just I see a lot of slander it's like wait it takes time that first year that Rodgers took over he was six and ten I, I mean with just everybody. Relax. There were a couple things, yes, he can work on. But it's all stuff to build on because there was stuff that he built on from that Kansas City game. He came in, footwork is a little cleaner. He's getting the ball out quicker. He's a little more decisive. His receivers let him down. What I mean, what do you do? Also, Amari Rodgers, they cannot play him in the playoffs. I don't care. He cannot punt return. He cannot kick return. He might turn into something, but as of this minute, right now, he can't be on that field because, my God, it is. It, I was so happy when they drafted him because I thought he'd be something. But my Lord, wow, is that just brutal to watch every single week? Even jet sweeps and stuff. I don't want him, I don't want him touching the ball at this point. Well, maybe because I remember Devontae Adams when he came in, had a drops problem. His first couple of years, and I mean there were memes of him dropping footballs. Just like he wasn't great. Now he's the best in the league. It all of this stuff takes time. But right now. Super Bowl push, Amari Rodgers cannot be on the field. That was my one takeaway I forgot to mention earlier. Just for right now, you can come back. But for right now, get him out of my life. I have no interest in watching him play football right now. But anyway, as we are wrapping up the show, Drew, I hope you came prepared. I hope Dustin prepped you because it is time for this week's. It's time to get wacky. It's time for Random Packer of the Week. So if you are unfamiliar, this is a little game we play. Just we name somebody, any random Packer. It could be from any year. It could be a funny name, someone that makes you smile, someone that you have a lot of stock in. We played that game a couple weeks ago. Just anybody you can think of, any random Packer, that's the game. Now, if you're Dustin, Dustin likes to pick really good players, which isn't quite the game we're going for, but he plays it a little different than we normally do. But, all right, so Dustin, do you want to show them how it's done or are you going to play your weird version with really good players? Sure, I, I you know, I'd love to. I'd love to, okay. So my random pack of the player of the week, speaking of white tight ends, I, this might have been said before, but I'm going to say it again, Tom Crabtree. Oh, it has not. That is a great name. That is wonderful. Yeah. So I, the only play I can remember from him was, I can't remember who they were playing, but I remember a fake field goal. Like one of the, the Bears, first I, field goals I ever remember in Packer history, 
Yeah, it was like a just quick snap, and all of a sudden, just a quick slam over the middle. He was wide open for a touchdown. That's the only reason why I remember him. Yeah, that is a great name. All right, I'll go next with our guest. Obviously, Drew, so I don't know if I've used this one before or not, but I'm going to do it again because it's just a great name. Mike McKenzie, cornerback. I remember a lot of Mike McKenzie highlights in my first time. For a while, I I literally would always get him confused because I'm pretty sure him and Al Harris were maybe not the same number, but they were definitely in the 30s. They both had the long hair, so it was hard to tell who was who. So for a long time, I thought Mike McKenzie was Al Harris and vice versa, and I never got him right. Even playing Madden with the name on the bottom, I was like, oh, I thought that was – yeah. So Mike McKenzie, my nominee for this week's Random Pack of the Week. And finally, our guest. What do you bring to the table? So with the playoffs, you know, being here, I got to choose a Packer with a famous Packer playoff memory. Might not be a good one, but I'm going to go Brandon Bostick. You know, (laughs) with the the infamous NFC championship game where he was told not to touch the ball and he touched the ball and he's still, I mean, thankfully Packer fans have forgiven me. He's at Packer game, I believe this year. And he was actually treated with a lot with respect, which is deserved because the guy was getting threats and stuff that totally, you know, outside of the game football did not deserve. Do not wish that upon him at all. And I was, just not good to see by Packer fans to wish him kind of like what we saw with Mark was Valdez Scantling against the Colts. Certainly things we don't just not good, not good stuff from Packer fans, but Hey, thankfully he got warm that warm welcome, but certainly not a great memory for Packer fans and for Brandon Bostick himself. I mean, I'm a Cubs fan, so it's the Steve Bartman vibes were really real uh, for the, obviously he's not a fan. It's a little different, but yeah, I remember watching that game. I remember thinking they should cut him tomorrow. I never death threats because that, let, they're playing a game. Let's just everyone yeah. take it. But I'm happy to hear that he was back because that was shocking. I did not know he was back at any game. So that is wonderful news for him. So before we take off, Drew, thank you for joining us. Where could the good people of Lockdown Corner come support you? Support the people that support us. Go support Drew. But where can they find you, good sir? Yeah, so our podcast, Jordan Drew, the Sports Crew, we we cover all, you know, the high school, collegiate, and professional level sports. So you can find us anywhere um, on all the podcasts, the same platforms, Jordan Drew, colon, underscore, or it's colon, Sports Crew. It's J-O-R-D-O-N. My co-host, his parents decided to name name him funny, so it's (laughs) J-O-R-D-O-N. So keep that in mind in our socials. We got Twitter, at JD Sports Pod, Instagram, Jordan Drew, underscore, Sports Crew. And then YouTube, Jordan Drew, the sports crew. And you can just listen. You know, we, we have some great, we've had some great guests on. We had Dustin on for a college athlete spotlight series. I do. So if you want to take a listen to that, go ahead and do that. We had some big names on Patrick Baldwin Jr. of the Milwaukee Panthers, a projected lottery pick next year in the NBA draft. We've had him on and we've, we've, we've had some other big guests on. We had a guy who covers NASCAR and he's, he's been on, on Fox. He's been on all these other channels covering NASCAR. So go check it out. We, we love sports there and, just like these guys, we, we sports is our thing, and that, that's what we like to do. We like to cover sports. So, yeah, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. You are our first big guest. Obviously, as we try and grow this thing, you're welcome to come back anytime. Uh, it was great to have you on. Dustin, what do you have to plug, even though we did it earlier, but do it again just in case people are now just tuning in. 
Sure. So again, I started my own YouTube channel, The Fanalytics Show. First video was out on Justin Fields. I know Al loves it because, you know, oops, wrong way. Oh, yeah. Whatever way you are, up, down, I don't know where you are on my screen. I'm right here. But, yeah, we'll just go here. Imaginary. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, starting a new YouTube channel, uh, analytics, so pretty much breaking on film, fantasy football stuff. Check it out. And obviously, Lockdown Corner Gambling Show. That was this morning. Make sure you go check that out. The new intro was debuted earlier. But if you want to, for whatever reason, watch me have to dance around and sing again. I don't know why you would. But you can find it. It's on Facebook and YouTube already. That was earlier this morning. Hopefully, we win you some money this week. Guys, I got – so the big one this morning, before we go, let's just – San Francisco-Dallas. In fact, we're going to do a little impromptu right here. San Francisco-Dallas. Dallas Dallas is a three-point favorite. I took San Francisco. I feel pretty co- – I'm actually going to put real money on that. I feel pretty confident about that. I know we kind of touched on it earlier. But, Drew, before you take off, you taking Dallas in the points, swallowing the points, you taking San Francisco plus three? I'm taking San Francisco plus three, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Is that is – that, uh, that's yep. the way I, I'm going. I, I really like Sanford in this game. And, you know, 21, you got to be to do that. I'm 18, so I can't really be talking Ooh. for those. But I'll be talking more player props because I can do that. Oh, there you, you know, go. I, I like. I really like you know any Debo Samuel line in this game. Looking rushing yards, receiving just depends where they're set right now because they, they've been changing a little bit, and even maybe some Dallas unders. Maybe we'll see that. But I'm I'm really liking. I think I think it'll be a close game. But I I like San Fran. I'm right there with you, Dustin. Yeah, I'm right with you guys. I think San Fran. I think they just got a better overall team coming on strong going in the postseason right now. Yeah. I'm with you. That was the only game we disagreed on. Otherwise, we both agreed on Cincinnati over Vegas, Buffalo over New England, uh, Philly. We both had covering, not winning, but just covering. And then obviously we split Dallas, San Francisco. We both had Kansas City and Rams as well. But those games start at three o'clock today. We will obviously be back next week prepping for whoever the Packers may play, whether that's Arizona, Los Angeles. I mean, we could be Philly. I don't see that, but maybe Philly. And then obviously San Francisco as well. Find us on Apple and Spotify. You can also subscribe to our YouTube page. You get all of our this. You can rewatch this if you want. Subscribe there. Follow on Facebook, all that fun stuff. But that's going to do it for today. They're off this week. Oh, I clicked the wrong button. <laughs>